You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 153. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. It is always a pleasure to have you here. Let's jump right in because we are going to follow up last week's episode about standards and goals by discussing today how to set standards. Because I know you have busy lives, I'm looking to make these episodes shorter this term, so we are going to jump right into the content. So we discussed last week that goals are the achievements you seek for yourself in your life. Right? I want to be stronger, I want to have a good job, I want to be financially secure. Now those are not very specific, and I was coaching you along, there would be a ton of questions I would ask in order for you to be more specific, but we are running, you know, on the time we're running with, and we don't need to give 5,000 examples here, but you have your goals, straight A's, to, you know, be strong, to gain 10 pounds of muscle, whatever these things might be, you have your goals, you have the things that you want to achieve in your life. Your standards are how you achieve them, right? You're going to work out five days a week, you're going to eat three portions of vegetables every day, you're not going to eat $5 pizzas from Papa John's on Tuesday nights, you're not going to drink a case of beer on Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday afternoon each day, uh, their own case of beer. Like you're going to have these standards you're going to set for yourself. And if you set your standards appropriately, they will fuel you towards your goals. And if you find that you're not achieving your goals, then your standards are not set high enough. So let's discuss today nine ways to set higher standards. And I think there might even be a bonus one in here. And I took a lot of these um, directly from the um, the book, uh, sorry, The Power of One More. I tried to go through my Audible as we were doing that by Ed Millette. And I absolutely love this book uh, because I've been talking about doing things one minute each day. Right? You want to do something, you want to change something physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual about yourself. What can you do today for one minute to start propelling you toward that better version of yourself? Oftentimes, when people want to make changes in their life, they want to do this mass overhaul. They want to go into their mansion of life, you know, this thing, the, the life you've created in your head, and you're like, you know what, I'm 50 pounds overweight, and I'm no more, and you just want to take a sledgehammer to everything, right? Next thing you know, you're like, I'm not going to eat sugar anymore, and I'm going to walk 10,000 steps a day, and I'm going to exercise five days a week, and I'm going to eat 15 pounds of broccoli a day, and you go to make all of these massive changes in your life all in the same day. And very few people are going to be able to maintain that because you you have attached all these changes to one another rather than slowly implementing one, a new one a week for one minute a day, right? Here and there, you attach them all to, I am going to be healthier. And then if something happens, you eat some pizza on a Tuesday night and you don't eat any broccoli, you didn't walk 10,000 steps. All of a sudden you're like, well, that's it. I failed, screwed it all up, missed a day. And that's how one day of not reaching your standards 
becomes a week of not reaching your standards, ends up being three months of not reaching your standards, and then your goal doesn't get accomplished. People are like, that's it. You know, I just just keep failing my goals. You're not failing your goals. You're not reaching your standards. So let's go into what you can do in order to raise your standards, to set higher standards for yourself. And first and foremost, clear and defined higher standards right, are going to be personal and unique to you. There's a lot of universal principles. Um, one of the reasons I'm pulling out of Ed Millett's book, The Power of One More, is because so many of these I've already been talking to you about on the show. I, I remember one of my buddies who sent me over this book, I texted him back at about chapter three or four. I was like, I swear to you, this dude must be listening to my podcast. And this book only came out like a year ago. So we're on very much on the same page. I have no doubt this guy and I, we have amazing conversations. So the first thing you can do to set higher standards is understand your why. Like we discussed in the last episode, your why are going to get you value-based answers. And your values are your motivation. If you value being healthy, if you value personal responsibility, then you are going to be able to set standards and maintain those standards because, again, your motivation is to maintain your values, and one of your values is personal responsibility. So you don't blame or complain or make excuses. When you promise yourself you're going to do something, you follow through on it. Your whys are connected to your values, and your values are what motivate you. Right. This is why we talked about the six human needs in the past. Because certainty, uncertainty, love, connection, contribution, significance, personal growth, these are values that you will hold dear in your life. So understand your why. What is your motivation? Why do you want to achieve this goal? Why do you believe that having these level of standards will help you achieve this goal? Number two, break down a higher standard into detailed and achievable steps. You've heard of SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. You've heard of these things, All right? But it's when you break it down into detailed and achievable steps, you can actually know you're on your way to achieving the goal f- via your standards. So the example from last week, you only want to gain 10 pounds for your five years in college. That's about three ounces a month, right? And now if you have this idea of how you are going to be able to achieve keeping yourself at three ounces a month, and it's very detailed, uh, this is where routine and habit can step in for you. Willpower gets you to start a new habit. Then the discipline takes over, right? That level of discipline that says, okay, I'm seeing some motivation here. I'm feeling this, all right? Then the discipline comes in. Willpower and discipline work in tandem to keep you on your path until your mind can create a habit around the new behavior. If you make the achievement of the new behavior super complicated, right? So you're getting this unconscious pushback on a lot of levels. It's going to be much more difficult for you to set it as a habit right? And now all of a sudden, these detailed and achievable steps aren't going to feel effortless and easy. If you are very clear about your detailed and achievable steps, then your willpower and discipline can work in tandem to create it into a habit. And then it can become second nature. This is why a lot of people think, well, you know, you hear this Okay, before I, I'll skip that example. You hear a lot of people talk about how 21 to 28 days to build a new habit. 
that is not accurate. Studies have been done, specifically one that Ed Millett talked about in his book, The Power of One More, where a Harvard t- test study did uh, figured out it was about 64, I want to say, 64 days. Because I think about the Beatles song, when I'm 64. And so that's how long it takes to actually formulate and deeply embed the habit. This is why when people go to the gym for 21 days and they go, well, that's it. You know, I've set the habit every day. I'm just definitely going to go to the gym. Your willpower and your discipline got you to go to the gym 21 days in a row. And it started to turn into a habit. But if you skip the gym for a week, it's then you go back in there. It isn't going to be second nature. Right? You're going to have to reformulate the habit for yourself. And you're going to have to reformulate the willpower and the discipline. This is why people can, you know, they can take a day off, a day off turns into a week, a week turns into three months, and they're like, damn it, I've been going to the gym for two years, I thought that was an ingrained habit. Well, the key would be to look at the motivation that you had for going to the gym for those two years, and ask yourself, what about your motivational driver changed, and what about your standards did you shift that took you away from being the person who went to the gym as frequently as you did for those two years. Detailed and achievable steps, right? You, you can't just say, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go run and I'm going to lift some weights, right? It's you got to be like, I'm going to run a mile every day and I'm going to do chest on Mondays and legs on Tuesdays and arms on Wednesdays and back on Thursdays and shoulders on Fridays, like very specific, and then what are the three to five workouts you're doing? And what's your rest time? And what's going to be your recovery time? And are you taking protein shakes? Are you eating protein regularly? Five meals a day? Or are you intermittent fasting and only doing two meals a day? One meal a day? When are you eating that meal? Is it based on when you work or when you study? Like this are the specifics you want to wrap around your standards. Number three, be honest with yourself. Look, if you have never worked out a day in your life and all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to run two miles, right? And you've never run two miles before. Or the last time you ran two miles was three years and 50 pounds ago. Reel it in. Be honest with yourself. Say, okay, that's who I used to be. I can get back there, but that's not who I am today, right? I'm 46 years old. Right? I, I've got two blown out knees. Uh, you know, torn my my right shoulder up to all hell, and I got a, a torn uh, labrum and bicep in my right arm. All right, it's my, and I've got a, this whole compression thing happening on my five, six, seven vertebrae. Like I have to be very realistic. There is not going to be any more putting weight on my back and squatting. I am beyond that. I'm not an athlete. No one's paying me money to lift weights. I do not put myself in a position where I could, you know actually blow out a knee and need surgery. That is not a $15,000 problem I want to have in my life. I can be honest with myself about that. If you are 22 and you have not been active since you were 16, be honest with yourself. When you go to set your goals and then you go to set your standards to help you achieve those goals, really take stock of where you're at today. Knowing you can get to anywhere you want to go if you set your mind to it and put in the work, but be honest with yourself where you're starting at and set your and be and come up with those specific ways to monitor your achievement and by doing that now you are setting a standard right it's detailed and achievable steps and you're being honest with yourself around these very detailed and achievable steps 
Number four, get help in areas where you're weak. Look, I mean, especially in college, y'all. I mean, you've got tutors, you've got teacher's assistants, you've got the professors, you've got administrators, you've got guidance counselors, you've got the success center. I mean, you are just surrounded by resources. All right, there is somebody who is studying to get an exercise science degree, and I guarantee you if you went into that gym or you went over to the, the physical development college and you said to somebody like, you know, I've got this health issues and I'm just looking for someone, you know, who who needs some interning hours or who just wants to take on a take on me as a you know a pseudo client and they can coach me up and I'll go do the things that they tell me to do and then they can see if their if what they're learning is working, if if what their coaching is like is actually gonna benefit people. You are surrounded by resources. Get a mentor. Talk to somebody who is who's already doing the things you want to do. Be in their sphere. Bring value to them. Even if it's just as the student and as the mentee who's going to do the things they say so that they can literally watch somebody take actionable steps towards the goals in their life using their knowledge, right? That is invaluable. When I first got into coaching, I would take on anyone for damn near free because I wanted to see if the way that I talked, the way that I coached, the way that I mentored and guided people was going to actually bring about change. One of the first things I noticed is that all change occurs when the person who wants the change is actually willing to put in the work for the change. I cannot make you change, but you sure as hell can make yourself if you're willing to put in the work and you set the standards that each and every day you are the, it's the bar you are literally setting for yourself that you will reach or surpass every single day. So if you feel like you don't know something very well, hell, listening to this show is finding a resource in an area where you might think that you're, you know, could use utilize a little bit more. That's why you turn to podcasts. That's why you turn to books and bloggers and all the social media. You're looking for someone who has got some information that they can instill in you and you can take action on it. Another way is number five, setting standards. You're, you're, use technology. Your phone, you can take lists, right? You've got the, the notes app on your phone where you can be taking down notes. You can set your schedule. You can use digital calendars. You can use digital reminders. There's ways that you can, you know, Lumosity for studying your brain. I think there's another one called Elevate. I've done them both. You can use uh, Blinkist, um, and I think there's another version of Blinkist out there that um, I sort of kind of did for a little bit. Basically, it like shortens up books. I may have taken it off my phone because I didn't want to pay for it. But Blinkist was one that, you know, they take long books and they turn them into like 15-minute summaries. If you want to, you know, raise your, your standards for yourself on, you know, your awareness around new information, your phone and the computer and the internet and all the apps that are on it can absolutely be vital tools. If all you're doing is staring at Instagram and TikTok and watching puppies riding dinosaurs juggling chainsaws, you're missing out on what those apps can actually teach you. I'm literally learning and doing and teaching myself how to trick jump rope by watching people on TikTok and Instagram. It's absolutely phenomenal. You know, just at the June 1st, when I first started this, I barely jumped up and down. Now I can sit there and bounce my feet all over the place. And while I do not look anything like these people who've been doing it for years, I am a hell of a lot further along than I was three months ago. Use tech to maintain your new standards. Number six, give dedicated thought to the relationships between your goal and your standards, right? You really want to understand 
the relationship of goals and standards. Your goals is what you want to achieve. Your standards are what will get you there. If your standards do not match what is required to meet your goals, you will not meet your goals. You won't even be properly motivated. If you set your standards beneath your capabilities, you will not feel challenged. You will lose interest. If you are really good at swimming and you want to get your your swim speed up, right? But you you set your standard at swimming for 20 minutes a day. But what you really want to be doing is swimming for an hour a day. But you don't think you have time for an hour a day, so you don't even swim for 20 minutes a day. Then one, you don't reach your goal of swimming faster. And two, you haven't properly set your standard. Where in your day are you spending an hour that you could otherwise be going off and swimming? If you set your standards too high, right, then you, it almost is like you, you started off too difficult. And obviously we want to be challenged, but we also want to give our willpower and our discipline times to work in tandem in order to habituate a behavior. And then, right, that's when we start to raise the bar. There's this term in psychology called hedonistic adaptation. And I talk about it a ton over on The Sober Show. Your brain will naturally return to a level of homeostasis, a level of balance, whenever something new is introduced into your life. And one of the ways I reference this so that it's easy for everyone to really grasp. So hear this and see how this works in your life. For a lot of people, when they buy something new, they get a shot of dopamine. They get a shot of serotonin into their brains. They feel happy, right? But if you're one of those people who relies on buying things to make yourself happy, you have desensitized yourself to the act of purchasing something to make yourself happy. It has just become a habit now, right? So what ends up happening is you buy this, let's say, new pair of shoes, and this works for both for any gender out there, right? Because we all, you know, get a new pair of shoes and it's like, this is going to bring together the whole outfit. I'm going to be so stylish. You get the new pair of shoes. You've been, maybe even had a save for the new pair of shoes. But at some time, at some point, the brain will no longer be full on excited about those shoes. And hedonistic adaptation works its way into your brain. It does what it always does. And it brings you back to just a balance where now you just see the shoes and it's just something you always have in your closet. Now you can attach a meaning to those shoes. I had to work three months in the summer, at a, you know, lifeguarding a bunch of little snot-nosed brats at the neighborhood pool, and therefore I spent all my money on those shoes. Now those shoes hold meaning, and four years from now you could put them on and you still feel great satisfaction wearing those shoes because you know you worked your ass off for those shoes. But if you don't attach a meaning to them, then they just become shoes. And then hedonistic adaptation kicks in and eventually you just reach a balance and you have to go buy something else in order to feel happy again. Now, how does this work in tandem with your goals and your standards? When you start off something new and you go to learn a new skill, or even if you just go to, again, swim faster, if you set your standard too high, then it's so challenging that your willpower and your discipline don't have an opportunity to work together to turn it into a habit. So you want to start off lower, right? Maybe it's just, I'm going to swim for 30 minutes today, right? If you've never swam, maybe it's just five minutes. Hedonistic adaptation kicks in in this regard too, because at some point it will no longer be difficult to go swim for five minutes. It will no longer be exciting to go swim for five minutes. So you have to raise your standard. 
you raise it to 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Now it's a challenge again. Now your mind and body feel challenged. Your willpower and discipline are pushed again. The habit is pushed again. Because of that, the dopamine and the adrenaline, they get, they get released into your brain again. And now the challenge comes back. And then at some point, 15 minutes in the pool will start to feel like the new norm. That's the hedonistic adaptation of your brain just returning to an equilibrium. And now you raise the standard again. So a lot of people think that when they want to take on massive change in their life, they want to lose 50 pounds, they have to change 20 things. But if you change one thing every single week for 20 straight straight weeks, and by the time you get to that sixth week where you're changing the sixth thing, that first week thing that you changed, that's evened out. Now you're raising the standard on that. You're making that slightly more challenging while introducing in this new thing. And it doesn't feel overwhelming to the brain. It doesn't feel overwhelming to the spirit. And you're able to actually stick with it and to achieve it. So many people come to me and they'll tell me all these things they try to change in one day or one week. And I'm like, well, no wonder you didn't stick with it. You literally were seeking these 20 different changes. Like your brain was overwhelmed. And as soon as one of them didn't get accomplished, then the whole house of cards fell. So understand the relationship between your goals and your standards. It's not weak sauce to, to set a standard that's, uh, that's lower than where you expect to be two months from now. In fact, it's how you will achieve the goal in two months by starting off and being, being honest with yourself about where you're at. Be realistic. Start from there and then raise the standard as you notice it getting easier and easier. Number seven, forget perfection. This is super simple. It's progress, not perfection. Perfection does not exist. Perfection is subjective to the point of view of whatever human. You might think that your paper is perfect and then you turn it in and it comes back with red ink all over it. But to you, it was magnificent. And maybe to somebody else, it was as well. But to this teacher who was a grammar, you know, on top of the grammar, you had 17 comma splices. So sorry, you don't get an A+. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for progress. If the next time you turn in a paper, there's 27 comma splices and the first one was 17, right? You're not progressing. You're actually going backwards. So what you want to be focused on is the next paper only have 11 comma splices. And then by the last one, maybe it's only three, right? Because perfection doesn't exist. Your eyes are going to have looked at that paper for so long that you are just not going to see things that somebody else who's never read that before is going to notice. There has not been a book I have read in the last handful of years when I actually started paying attention to the grammar where I have not noticed a missed comma. There is not a book I have not noticed a missed comma in. Because my eyes, I was a copy editor for a couple years. My eyes notice commas. But even on my own papers I write, I will write them and then I will leave them sit for a couple of days and I'll come back and it'll be fresh. And then I can see it with a fresh pair of eyes. That whole saying, let's just stop doing this for tonight and come back in the morning with a fresh set of eyes, that actually works. When I wrote my College Success Habits book, I sat down and wrote that book in 30 hours in one week from Monday to Friday, six hours a day. And then I let it sit on my computer for 30 days. And I came back and I chopped it all up and spent another 30 hours moving things around because it was a fresh set of eyes. I hadn't looked at it in 30 days. I did not recognize 
any of those words. I mean, obviously I recognize them, they were mine, but my what I'm trying to get to is that it wasn't like I had just sat there and written it for 30 hours and then the next day tried to edit it. I let my eyes rest. I walked away from it. So when I got back into it, I noticed all the grammar. And I knew exactly how to chop up that book and move things around so that it flowed the way that I wanted it to flow. But if I had gone straight into the secondary editing process on day six, it would not have been, the progress would not have shown itself. Number eight, don't overthink it, right? We want you to be diligent. We want you to be thorough, but we also want you to take action. If you sit there and spend time tinker, 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 because you think it's got to be perfect, 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 then you will not move forward. You have to be paying attention to moving forward. Take action. Evaluate the outcome from the action. You cannot evaluate outcomes from the thinking. So don't overthink it. Take action. Number nine, set standards to please yourself. This is super important. If you are setting standards and goals to please other people, then what you're going to be reliant on is external validation that you are doing the right thing, right? If your parents told you to be a doctor, but what you really wanted to be was a zoologist, and then you graduate as a doctor, right? And they aren't, you know, shooting rockets up into the sky and, you know, unicorns aren't, you know, they didn't pay for a bunch of unicorns to be released into the sky over the graduation ceremony. They were like, all right, you know, way to go. I'll pat you on the back. And they went about their normal day-to-day life. And that wasn't the response you were hoping for that you wanted because you gave up being a zoologist in order to be a doctor for them right? You set goals and standards based on pleasing them, right? And if you don't get the external validation you want, you are going to walk away from that interaction upset. But if you set standards to please yourself, then you will want to do these things for yourself. Be selfish when it comes to setting these standards. Everybody else has their own life. And one of the, one of the follies of youth is that you think everybody's paying attention to you that everybody cares what you're doing, that everybody's talking about you behind your back. Now, you might have people in your social circle who do that, and I feel, and I feel bummed for you for that, and maybe you should evaluate that. But for the most part, people are doing things for themselves, not against you. They want to feel better, so they'll talk smack about you. But that's just so that they can lower you down in their mind and around other people's minds and lives so that they can feel better about themselves. I see this happen in families a lot when they come to me for counseling and they come to me for coaching, right? It's like, you know, there'll be that one person in the family everybody trashes on because as long as their focus is on trashing that one member of the family, they don't have to look at themselves and say, what am I not doing about my life? Set standards to please yourself. Be selfish in your standards. Everybody else, if they chose that they wanted to switch from being a doctor to a zoologist, and that meant that they had to go and start going in classes in a different building and a whole different schedule, and they had to start studying a whole different way, but that's what they wanted, they'd go do it, regardless of your feelings, regardless of your birthday coming up on Saturday. They have things they want to achieve. You have things you want to achieve. By all means, be a good of a friend, family member, and loved one as you can. Make changes based off of ecology. Is it good for you? Is it good for them? Is it good for the world? But realize that when you really want something in your life, if you're waiting for everybody to get on board and pat you on the back and support you 100%, the likelihood of that happening is extremely low. There might be people around you who actually have been getting off on the idea that you aren't doing the things that you want to do, that you aren't achieving great things. 
Because if you start to achieve great things, they're going to have to ask themselves why they aren't achieving great things, especially if they've pedestaled themselves above you. People who are dogging on you for making awesome, great changes that you're happy about for yourself in your life, those are the people who do not want to look in the mirror and question their own behaviors, and they absolutely do not want to all of a sudden have to question why they thought they were better than you. And now you're off doing amazing things, proving yourself to yourself. And now all of a sudden they have to look in the mirror and say, well, I thought I was better than them. And now look what they've, they've achieved. This is why it can be extremely difficult for one friend out of a group to step away if they're all relatively not in shape and all of a sudden say, I want to be in shape and then go to the gym and eat healthier. Right, Because then everybody else in that friend, friend circle has to ask themselves, well, why am I not doing that? Why am I not capable of these things? They are capable just as much as you are capable. And maybe they need to listen to this show. <laughs> All right, my friends, that's how you set your standards. All right, I'll make sure I put these in the show notes. Understand your why. Break, them, break down your standards into detailed and achievable steps. Be honest with yourself. Get help in areas you're weak. Use technology to set and maintain your standards. Give dedicated thought to the relationships you have between your goals and your standards. Forget perfection. Embrace progress. Don't overthink it. And set standards to please yourself. Your college experience is your college experience. Trust me, I graduated in 06. It feels like yesterday. I, it boggles my mind that I have been out of school for so long. I saw Tim Tebow the other day on television, and you know that kid was a freshman the year I graduated college. I can't believe how much older he is now, and I was already older than him whenever I was in school. I was on 29 whenever he showed up at school at 18. He's 11 years younger than me, and he's absolutely showing age. I actually think, I'm like, wow, I don't look 46, but I am, and the time will fly. And I look back at my college experience and I think about how many things I didn't do for myself because I didn't want to upset my friends or I didn't want to, you know, it's like, well, they all like to sit around the house and, and, you know, play video games all day. And I don't want to, you know, be that one weirdo who's going to go out hiking in the middle of the day or goes to the museum instead of sitting around, you know, watching stupid ass television, you know, I'll just, whatever. I don't want to, I don't want to shake the cart. I don't want to upset the cart. So I'll just, I'll just do what everybody else is doing and sit here and play NCAA football for 10 hours hours on a Saturday. You know, I don't want my roommates to think that I think I'm smarter than them, so I'm not going to talk about my good grades, or I'm not going to go to the library. Right? I'm just going to sit here and hang out with them and, and just do what they're doing. And I look back, and I gave up a lot of things because of this idea I had uh, of how I was going to make them feel welcome around me. And looking back at that, I never even asked them if, that's, if they even cared, let alone if it mattered to them. And probably like, all right, dude, go to the library. We'll see you when you get home. We'll got a beer waiting for you, all right? But instead, I gave up a lot of the things I wanted without even asking them if they cared or who cares if they cared. I still keep connection with a lot of them via text and social media, but they're not in my day-to-day life. We're all doing our own thing now. So be mindful that if you're giving up who you really want to be in your college experience for other people, five, 10 years from now, those other people may not even be within a thousand miles of you. Are you really going to look back and, 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 and regret not doing something you wanted because of their judgment upon you now? Set standards to please yourself. 
Inclusivity over exclusivity, my friends. The power of positive energy. Hey, you want to support the show? I mean, I'll go to Stan Store. Stan at Jesse Mogul Stan Store. The link for it is in my bio, or it's it's down there in the show notes. You want to support me on Patreon? I've got links for that in my show notes as well. If you have questions about the show, you want to reach out about some of the group coaching I do or one-on-one coaching I do. All the links are in the show notes. Hit me up. Let me know how I can help. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. We'll see you next week, my friends. Bye-bye.